Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour Podcast, and yes, the rumours are true, we're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out, but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So, don't waste any time, grab your tickets today, and come and watch me, Alfie, and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie there, isn't it? Yeah. Happyhourlive.co.uk. See you in May. Hello guys, Jack here. Welcome to part one of our episode with AFTV's infamous member, DT. In this first half, DT's sharing his backstory. We hear about his childhood, why he supports Arsenal, and what he got up to at school. He also talks about his time in prison, which is fascinating, and his DJ career. Come back on Monday to hear all about his time at AFTV. It's a bumper-long episode, so we thought we'd split it up. Oh, and Stevie's not doing this intro with me, because I've finally got rid of him. Get in. Enjoy the app. You know, even my kids and my family's, uh, my brother's children, they're all named after Arsenal players. There's loads. My, my brother was the first one in my family to have a girl. Right. She's like in her mid-twenties now. Mm. And everyone she's was called like... Thierry. No, her middle name's Lanesra, which oh. is Arsenal spelled backwards. <laughs> That's mad. Yeah. I got um, suspended from school for an April Fool's joke. Oh, tell us joke. more. Straight after school, mm. I went and visited uh, the Queen's house. What? Uh, the Queen's house. Um, I went and stayed in one of her luxury palaces for a while. What's the first night like in prison? What's the biggest event you've DJed at? Jesus, I've done a lot. I've done an event with Snoop Dogg. Did you? Um, in Brighton. <laughs> yeah, I know you're sitting there like, uh, what was that for? What? There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Jack Mates Happy Hour. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Jack Mates Happy Hour podcast, Series 5. You right, Stevie? I'm all good. How are you? Good. We've got an AC. Kind of. It's it's very low. I don't really feel it. It's a rotating one. It's a, it's a fancy one. So it's a Dyson. Is it? Yeah. Do you know where um, the inventor of Dyson's from? Cromer. Yeah, because I told you that. <laughs> I told you that fact. And he's worth seven billion pounds. And he's from Cromer. He's from Cromer. He's just up the road from us, yeah. That's and exciting. We're doing this podcast. So people do different things. Uh, today on the show, we have a man I'm very excited to talk to. A man that I've called out multiple times online. <laughs> he's sitting there, he's nodding. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun one. We have Mr. DT from AFTV, from your own channel, from all over the internet. How are you? I'm good. I'm all right. Do you think I'll be sitting here? <laughs> That's what you said. I'd never have him on here. 
Never have him on here. Never, I, never, never. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're scraping the barrel. That's what we're... There you go. What can I say? Well, to be fair, you're, you're probably... Better gardening. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was coming up. You're probably the sixth guest we've now had on that Jack promised he'd never have on. And then once they get to him in here, he goes, actually, he's a really nice person. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. What it was, was I would I would always call you out and say, oh, cringy, embarrassing, blah, blah, mm. blah. And then we kind of started having a bit of back and forth on Twitter, a bit yeah. of banter. And I was like, oh, he can he can take banter. I like that. I like mm. that. And then we had Robbie on and he spoke very highly of you. And I thought, ah, oh. and now I'm getting older. I'm kind of like, don't really care about all that shit anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you mm. feel like that as you get older or? Do you, do you know what it is with you? There wasn't anything that crossed the line. Right. Okay. So it wasn't like I went on and was like, right, that's it. Yeah. Let's have a fight. Let's yeah. do this. And it was like, all right, bantering back a little bit. Yeah. And part of me was thinking, you know what? I'll get on your podcast. There was that part of it because I was like, all right, because I see the one with Goldbridge. I see the whole episode because I've straight away I was like, Goldbridge is on now. I know he's talked about me. Yeah. I was like, I want to see. And then I got sent the clip where obviously he was talking about me in the infamous moment and everything else. So I was like, yeah, let me just make sure that he hasn't said anything he shouldn't. Yes. Yeah. What, me or him? Both of you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, we'll do that. And um, yeah, there was that sense of like, all right. Hmm. I'll, I'll get on there because yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not as bad as what some people make me out to be. Well, this is what we said on the way up. We were all, we always say the same with every guest. Like what we, we talk in the, in the car journey up. Like what are they going to be like? Try and work them out. If we haven't met them before, it's obviously um, a grey area. And and mm. a lot of the questions we've got down today are actually learning about you and your life and stuff like that. Because I know you've spoken a bit about it online and you're quite mm. open about it. But yep. as I'm not an Arsenal fan, so I'm not. I, I'm one of the neutrals when it comes to AFTV. I'll come watch yeah. you kick off and that, but I won't watch it week in, week out. So I don't know too much about you. So I thought mm. we'll, we'll we'll find out. But what better place to get to know a man than uh, meal deals? What's your what's your go to meal deal, Mister DT? All day breakfast. Okay, okay, good start. So we go for all day breakfast. That's sausage, egg, bacon, bacon ke- ketchup. Yes. Okay, and that's always they always do the triple one, don't they? Yes. It's a strong, strong start. Then snack and drink. Um, as I've got older, I try to be careful with the snacks. Okay. So it ain't as um, what calorie counting or yeah, just kind of as you get older, it gets a little bit difficult to shift it. Yeah, but you've gone for an all day breakfast. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know. One ain't bad. Yeah. Okay. You know, so I kind of go with like the um. You get all these uh, protein bars now. Yep. I think that like like the one that they bought out most recently is that they bought out the protein version of Mars and Snickers. They have. So you kind of get Little. two for the best of what you yeah, know. I know you what get you mean. that Mars feeling of like, oh, it's a Mars bar. Yeah. But I'm getting protein. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> yeah. good. So yeah. It's like, yeah. And, the, what, and they do them in the meal deals? Um, no, I just kind of... Make my own meal deals. Okay. All right. Yeah, man after my own heart. So all day breakfast, protein, Mars bar you're going for over the Snickers? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then drink. Um, This is going to sound really boring. Water. I only drink water. Okay. It's healthy. Yeah. All right, I, ha- so. I have to as well, though, for my own health. Okay. So, you know, fizzy drinks, mm. you know, that kind of stuff, it irritates my medical condition and stuff like that so right i have to for those reasons yeah it's not bad we we have a little i found over the two years that we've been asking people this do would you say water's becoming more common as it 
Yeah, yeah it's and people are more accepting of it as well. Yeah. I think before mm. people would have called it out for being boring, but now it's just like everyone likes water mm. and it's the yeah. most refreshing drink you're going to get. Sparkling water is a fucking horrible. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll still call people out for that. Yeah. Awful. Tastes like TV have you ever had those ones where you, you could be somewhere and you order water? And you don't realise that they've actually gave you sparkling. Oh. And then you take that first sip. And you, oh, it's rank. rank. Yeah, it's not great. And listen, Ronaldo likes water. Yeah, he, <laughs> he does. does. Yeah, we re- recently saw that. Now, what we do, DT, we, we rate the meal deal. We give it a score and then we mm-hmm. put it in a leaderboard. Mm-hmm. And um, your your friend and ours, uh, Don Robbie, he's on the leaderboard. So uh, I'll let you, you really want to be beating him. I know you've got that competitive edge with him. So we'll let you know. But we need to rate it first. Stevie, I'll let you kick this off. I'm, I think it's a strong one. It is a strong one. All day breakfast is one of my choices yeah. if I'm mixing things up a bit. So I don't like we, cold egg, though. Yeah, you're a bit weird, aren't you? Mm-hmm. But um, it does depend on the bread as well. Certain shops put it in like seeded bread, mm. and then some put it in lovely bread. Okay. So I'm going I'm to assume you've gone to one with good bread. Where do you go for yours? Wherever's near. Rate that. Okay, I'll just go for a good bread one then to give you extra points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mars bar, I like a Mars bar occasionally. I don't know what the protein ones taste like, but I'll assume they're fairly similar. They don't taste any oh, different. There we go then, we're fine. And then water alike. I'm giving it a 7.8. That's a strong score. That's a very high score. Going back to that Mars bar thing, what they do, yeah, is they're obviously using like protein stuff in it. But if you imagine like a Mars bar, it's like a, th- it's like a half of it. So it's like, mm. it's not as, it's not as thick. Oh, so, so less calories. Yeah. As well. yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Um, Sorry, Don Robbie uh, got a 4.5 from both of us. So <laughs> already you're probably going to be higher. <laughs> no, you love it. Uh, I'm lo- going to text him. <laughs> <laughs> I got more than you in the meal deal. Yes. <laughs> text text him done. right now. and then we'll, <laughs> I'm going to text him. And let, let, him know, let us know if, if he replies. Uh, so you've given he us He never replies. <laughs> <laughs> That's because he's busy streaming every Euro game at the moment, isn't he? I'm gonna There's g- no games on today, so he's oh, fine. Oh, true. He's got to have a day off. No surely. excuses. I'm going to give it an 8.2. Uh, so an eight. An eight. That's mad. So DT gets, oh, that is a hell of a score, to be honest. Right, we've got 20 people on here round or, or, or round about. So it's literally a Premier League table we've got. Where do you think you've come on the table? This is like the top gear moment. I've got to be kind of like where Arsenal used to be under Arsene Wenger in the top four. You're bang on. You're, you're fourth, Mr. DT, on the there round of applause. Round of, there that's you go. decent. You're Arsenal for a even, even your meal. You planned that so I was four. <laughs> so you could see what it used to feel like yeah, for me. We knew what we that were rating it, that yeah. before you even <laughs> yeah. said. And no, I messaged Robbie. I WhatsApped him. Let, him, let us yeah. know if, uh, if, and he, I just, if he replies. I just put, I got more than you in the meal deal and loads of laughing emojis. <laughs> and he'll probably be looking at it going, what the hell is he on about? <laughs> <laughs> and you got more than Thogden, so really uh, yes. fighting the AFC cause. What about Goldbridge? Oh, he wasn't we on the We weren't rating him back then. He would have probably had prawn sandwiches or something. <laughs> it's going to be a fun episode. It's going to be a fun episode. What's DT about? What's your real name? Nobody knows. Except I, for us now when you tell no, us. No, I don't tell it. No, do you know one of the reasons behind it is because where we got thrust into like... I say limelight yeah. so quickly and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm very protective over my family. Mm-hmm. And I realise very quickly how people conduct themselves online. And I'm not saying I'm an angel, but there are some people out there that are beyond scary. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people knowing my life. Right. It's, you know, Elton John, it's not his name. Mm-hmm. George Michael wasn't his name. Freddie Mercury weren't his name. But can you find their names? 
I'm, do you know what? I've never tried. Yeah. We've tried to find yours, and it does come up with a couple of C- different options, It comes up with two strangely. different options. Do you know what they are? Daniel. Yeah. So it's Daniel Turner, yeah. I believe, yeah. is one You're of them. You're smiling a lot, though. I'm, la- I'm laughing, and then probably Liam. <laughs> Liam yeah. Good Enough. Yeah. What's Liam Good Enough about? Who knows? There's, there's, I've seen five. Have you? What are the yeah. other ones? Yeah. Five. What shouts? Um, well, Daniel Turner's the most notable one. Yeah. That is what everybody has it down as. It works um, with DT, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, Robbie thinks it's Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, Robbie doesn't even know your name. Oh, no, Robbie does. Oh. I'm going yeah, Robbie... to text Robbie and say, I'll, I'll up your meal deal score if you tell me his name. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to tell him, don't listen to any text messages that Jack or anyone might send you. So it's, no, I just, I, I like to keep it private just for family reasons I like to look people will go online and they will ultimately be able to find out if they need to yeah but I just don't ever advertise it I just don't ever yeah it is what it is and it's it's strictly because of family reasons and you know my oldest son is um 21 next month and um like he's a big boy he can handle himself and everything but even he's been subjected to some of the stuff that gets said it's like how can we get at him let's go for the next closest. Right. So, you know, because he's on social media, he gets targeted. Yeah. Not so much now, but there were periods because he's learned to deal with that as well. And then I've got a 10-year-old son and I keep him very much away from everything. And, mm-hmm. and then I've got um, a five-year-old um, and something that nobody actually knows and it's something that we've never advertised, but I've now got a daughter as well. Oh, wow. Um, and she's two years old. Oh, quality. But I never advertised it, never spoke about it. There's yeah. no pictures of her online. Right. Because I, in my own mind, would think some of the sick stuff that some people could actually do and say. Oh, mate. You see what Jamie Vardy's wife had to deal yeah. with over the, the whole situation with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't handle that kind of stuff because that's where my emotions do get the better of me. And I'm like, I just... Well, it makes sense. Like yeah. it, it, it's like it's 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 fun to take the piss out of you dashing chairs and stuff like that on AFTV. Or asking. Yeah, yeah, asking too. Asking yeah, to yeah. But yeah. but when it comes to family and and real stuff, like you, sh- Stevie shared some pretty intense stuff that's happened to him in his life. And mm-hmm. people that don't like our podcast, like fair enough. Like we get it. Like we waffle on about sandwiches. Like, I'm not expecting everyone to like it, but mm. when they come and take the piss out of like stuff that he's opened up about and cried about on here, it does draw. It does. Yeah, sort people of go use it because they see your weaknesses. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Let's let's talk a bit about your your early life. You you grew up in in Luton, is that right? Yeah, I grew up in Luton. My family um, are all from London. Okay. So my early life from when I was a baby was was London. They originate my family from South London, um, from Woolwich and Eltham, uh, which is where the Arsenal connection comes from because it dates right back to when Arsenal were in Woolwich. From my great grandfather. Did they, didn't they used to be called Woolwich FC or is that Woolwich Arsenal? They, oh, they that's started it. out as Dial Square, right? Um, then they went into Woolwich Arsenal, uh, Royal Arsenal, and um, ultimately Arsenal. Wow. So um, yeah, so that originates through my family. Arsenal literally goes all through my family. Mm. There's not a single family member that does not support Arsenal. Really? 100%. I'm not even joking. There's not even a divide anywhere. Not even like an uncle or a cousin or a- none. Like everybody. What would you do if your twenty-one-year-old lad come to you and went, do you know what, Dad, I quite like Tottenham? I'd be like, well, um, you're not my son no more. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, but he's um, it, look, a lot of them. Like, I don't force anything onto the onto the kids to say you have to support. But being in 
my household and the environment and they see everything, it becomes natural. Like they they see all that. They they see me going out to Arsenal games and then it's the same kind of thing that I used to do. I've got three older brothers and when I first started going to games or when I wanted to first start going to games, I used to sit in front of my mum and dad's front door so they couldn't get out because I wanted to go to the football game. Now my old my brothers are like 15 years around that kind of age older than me and I was only young. This is when there was terraces in the mid 80s. It was weren't somewhere that you take young children back then. Mm. You had to kind of pick and choose the games, you know, right. So yeah, my brothers and that used to give me loads of money to move out of the way of the door. And um, yeah, that become like really good because yeah. I clocked it then. I was like, oh, sit in front of the door, get loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, I don't even want to go football today. It's freezing. I just want some money. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I, I still remember it to this day. It was January the 1st. It was New Year's Day, 1987. And I'd done the same thing, sat in front of the door, done what we was doing. Arsenal were playing at home to Wimbledon. And then my dad looked at me and he was like, right, you've got five minutes, get dressed. I was like, what? And he was like, get dressed, you're coming. What? No, what? That was when you can go to the turnstiles and just pay yeah. two pounds to get in and stuff like that. I was like, am I really going? And I remember it was snowing, went to the game, one three one. Noel Quinn scored a couple of goals. And... Um, what a memory. Ever since I've been going. Yeah. You always you always, always remember your first game, don't yeah, you? Massively, yeah, massively. Massively. And and since then and once I got that 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 bug and I remember my first game, I was on the North Bank and I remember walking into Highbury and going up the terraces and I was like, Wow. Like this is like I want this. This is me. Yeah. Um, that's me set for life. Yeah. Like, so many people feel like that moment, like you feel connected with something almost in mm. kind of like, sounds weird, but almost in kind of like a spiritual way. Like, so I'm not a religious man. Mm. I don't know about yourself, but like I've, I almost feel like football is a religion in, in that sense. It can like, be. When, when I first went to Upton Park, I was like, I am connected with this. Yeah. Like, this is, this is what, yeah, I, what I, I think it's changed a lot from my days to what it is now, because you see a lot of youngsters following trends and kind of like, there's no reason why they support a club other than the fact that they're the big club at the time on mm. social media and they're winning trophies. And then five years later, they could be supporting another team because they're the inform side. There's no real, you know, pass down through generations type, mm -hmm. you know, stuff anymore, apart from my kids. So, you know, even my kids and my family's, uh, my brother's children, they're all named after Arsenal players. There's loads. My, my brother was the first one in my family to have a girl. Right. Um, she's like in her mid-20s now. Mm. And everyone and she's was called like, No, nah, her middle name's Lanesra, which oh. is Arsenal spelt backwards. <laughs> That's mad. Yeah. That's mad. So, yeah, there You've were, got uh, Arsenal literally in your blood. Yeah. Like that. yeah literally. Wow. Literally. And it's like my daughter, her middle name's Victoria, which is after Arsenal's motto, Victoria Concordia Crescent, victory through harmony. Jesus yeah. Christ. So everybody, my oldest boy, Kieran, yeah. his middle name's Thierry. Really? Yeah, after Thierry Henry. See, I just made the joke there, but no, it was actually... Yeah. <laughs> Kieran Kyle Thierry. Fucking hell. Yeah, that's quite that's cool, though. But he's, um, he was born in 2000. Yeah. Henry joined in 99. And people realised as well that in that first season, there was still a few question marks because he started off slowly, didn't get his first goal to about seven, eight games when he scored at Southampton. So I knew pretty quickly that like that's my favourite player. There was just something about him. Mm. I was like, no, I'm giving my son his name. My firstborn. What you knew then? I just like, I yeah. just knew. Yeah. Like there was something about Thierry Henry and the way that he played. And when I watched him and when you watch games live, it's very different to 
on the television and stuff like that. So there was just something the way that he graced the pitch. Mm. He was like he's been referenced to a swan on the on the grass and the way he just glides. Mm. And there was just something about him. So yeah. he had my name, my ten year old Jack after Jack Wilshire. Um and then my other boy Jensen after John Jensen. Right. He used to play for Arsenal. Is that is that weird then? Because like one one of your lads has got Thierry, and then Jack Wilshere never never really hit the height. So yeah. like, if you could like rename him, would you or not? No, like, because I've I've got so much time for Jack Wilshere, and I just wish that he could have had his career without his injuries. Yeah, and I've got a lot of time for Jack Wilshere as well because of you know outside commitments and stuff that he's done. And when I went into hospital and I went to have surgery, Jack Wilshere contacted me on the morning of my surgery just randomly got got hold of my number and everything and contacted me and said I heard that you're going in for your surgery good luck with everything wow and I was what it's like, a lovely is this touch. really Jack Wilshire like what yeah and then you know me and him have been having a bit of a bit of a to and fro in with um some of the banter that we've done over recent years yeah. and um because at the time if I remember rightly at the time when I went in for my operation I had two children and he had one. And when he had his second child, I turned around and said to him, oh, you're level with me now, just having congratulations and all that. Mm. And then I went to have my third child and I messaged him and I was like, free too. <laughs> like using football. <laughs> he said he was doing the gardening. So then a little while later, he messaged me and he went, free, free. I went, what? And he went, yeah, I've got another on the way. I was like, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> so then a little while after that, I then messaged him. I went four three. <laughs> it's going to end and up he like, was 10, like eight. what? And then a little while after that, he messaged me and he went four four. And I was like, can we just call it a draw now? <laughs> Let's just just stop. Like, please, I can't continue this game anymore. No penalties. No, like, it's just a draw. Just just end it at that. That's so, quality. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for him because he's he's a sound guy. I love that story. Sound That's guy. great. You mentioned having a son who's who's twenty one. Mm -hmm. You're not you're not an old man. Like you're still a young lad. So like, what are you forty? Forty two. Forty two. So yep. you had, you had him when you were twenty one. Which in in today's sort of modern era, that's quite young to have have a kid. I'd say. Would you Would you not? Um, I'm not too sure. I see a lot of people having kids at sixteen, seventeen now. That's yeah. That's true. That's tr I, I don't think there's any real thought process behind it either. Yeah. Fair. I well, think. It, but like, because you're you're you're. You're like mates now, aren't you? Rather than yeah, rather than father. father. The, the funniest thing with me and him is that whenever we're out, everyone thinks we're brothers. Right. And he hates that because yeah. he's like, "Oh, cheers! You give him a big head now." <laughs> and it's just, but yeah, the way we get on is very much unlike father and son. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's because he plays for my team as well, and we did like he's my firstborn. Yeah. Like, but I don't see it as that now. I have the laughs and the jokes with him and. Mm. You know, and when I say to him, like, oh, what girls you met this weekend then? He's like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's like yeah, stuff that I felt would have been weird having a conversation about with my son. Yeah. Just feels normal now. That's I'm quality. Just having a laugh with him like he's one of the boys. Did you did you have a, a rough upbringing? Um, my mum and dad done everything that they could for me. Mm. Like my mum and dad, um, they're both nearly 80 years old, still together, been married over 50 years. Quality. Um, you know, my mum, she's the only one in my family that doesn't come from London. She's actually from Huddersfield. Oh, right. Yeah, she lives up there. And my granddad used to own uh, pubs. Um, and then when 
she was like 15, 16, maybe a bit younger. She uh, moved down into Woolwich area where my granddad had got a new pub. And then when she turned 16, she was working behind the bar. Back then there was not the PC brigade, you know, brigade mm -hmm. that there is now. And yeah, it was fine for a 16 year old to help out behind the bar, collect glasses and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And my dad was um, in Woolwich army barracks. Um, in the army and stuff and mm -hmm. they used to come over to the the bar and have their drinks in there and that's where my mum and dad met oh fair enough yeah fair um, enough but your mum's not a Huddersfield fan then nah <laughs> nah she's not she's an Arsenal fan she's got no choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's got no she's a season ticket holder at Arsenal oh really yeah my mum and dad are still my mum and dad still going my dad's been going since 1948 fucking hell yeah that's mad 1948 and he was born in 42 so yeah, he, he's been going since 48. My dad went to, um, my dad was at Highbury for the last game that the Busby Babes played before they flew out to Munich. Oh my God. Because they played Arsenal. They Jesus. Played, they played Arsenal before like the tragedy in Munich and stuff. Yeah, for anyone and who doesn't, who, who isn't a football fan, the Bus, Busby Babes were the Manchester United team. That's how they were dubbed, wasn't it? Yeah. They were the Manchester United team then. What was the year? I don't know the year that, but essentially they went they went to travel, to fly to Munich, was it? Yeah, fly to Munich. And their plane um, crashed on the runway on when the they runway were take, taken ice. off. And, yeah. and I think all but three or four of yeah, them My dad died. still to this day tells me about a player called Duncan Edwards that that died on there and he said that he was just the most amazing player he's ever seen. It's the only like opposition player that he's ever looked at and gone, Wow. Really? Like, yeah, so you know, my dad's seen it all. And and obviously the the, the manager died in it, I think, didn't he, Busby? Or yeah. yeah no, no, Busby were he um was... he survived. There was oh, okay. um Jack because there Charlton? was Jack Charlton and uh Bobby Charlton. Um and then there was a few others. I don't, you know, people mm. have to excuse me if I don't remember all the names exactly. But yeah, yeah, there was, um, it was just a tragedy. Yeah, it was. Know? So and to hear the story of what my dad was saying and that, you know, they got to actually see them last at Highbury playing, mm. not knowing what was literally about to happen. Scary, isn't it? Right? And it it's just scary. What That's how about. precious life is. Like yeah. more, more recently, yeah. Like forgive us, we don't know. I don't know the details. I probably should do a bit more research into it. To be fair, but like recently, that um, Emiliano Sala, like he he passed away in that yeah. crash, and that's and then we had the whole team pretty much happened to. Fee's got it up there, yeah. Um, and it was a Manchester United team as well, so that comes with with all of that. Nineteen fifty eight, madness, madness. That's what I mean, it's 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 crazy, and it's you know you even had the uh, Brazilian uh, team that was in Brazil. The the whole the whole team, I forget their name, but it was uh, it was a few years ago. It was like the whole. It was the green kit? Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, you know yeah. what I'm on about. Oh yeah. yeah, that's ringing a bell. Is it, sh it begins with a C, C like H, is it? Yeah. yeah, I can't pronounce it, but it's like the whole. I know what you whole mean. Team like bar a couple. Yeah, yeah. like I remember oh. they then played a game when they came back and everyone was buzzing for them. Yeah, obviously they had like all their younger players come up and their reserves come through and whatnot to play. What was it? Oh. Yeah, Shapa, Coentz. Oh, that's the ones. Yeah, yeah. mad. Life is precious. It definitely is. Life is precious. What? Let's go back to you, mate. What? What were you like? What were you like at school? I'm trying to imagine what a, a, a young DT would be like. Troublemaker. See, right, this is the thing, yeah? So we have we have this question that we ask all of our guests and we weren't too sure whether or not to ask you because usually we have, like, your posh Tory YouTubers on or something like yeah, that yeah. and we ask them, what is the naughtiest thing you've ever done? And they'll say, like, oh, I stole a Freddo from the yeah, shop. Uh, Whereas uh, I imagine you've done yeah, some... Um, I was known as the class clown. Right. I was always up to something. And yeah. it was... I got um, suspended from school for an April Fool's joke. 
Oh, what tell us more. So, um, did it involve pie face? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what happened was, was the um, the teachers used to have um, a register in the morning, mm. and there used to be notes in there from the headmistress and stuff like that. And um, the prefect used to have to go down, collect the register, pull it on his desk. He would read everything out. So we're all sitting there in 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 our form. And what we'd done beforehand was we'd slipped a note into the register from the headmistress saying that she wanted to speak to him uh, because of an allegation of a relationship with one of the other people. <laughs> and we'd signed like her signature, like done it all off, put it in the register. And then it came round, he's opened it, his face went white as a ghost. <laughs> and we knew that he had our letter. And he's got up and he's like, uh, um, can you send it to the prefect? Can you take over the lesson, read out the register? He's gone. We've all kind of like gone behind him. And where our school was, there were like these long corridors. And you couldn't, you know, tell that we was right at the back. So we were walking down this corridor. And just by chance, the headmistress was walking out at a time that he got there. So they've sort of stood in front of each other and he's handed her the note. She's looking at her like, what are you on about? Like, what is this? And then they've turned around and right up the other end of the cor corridor there's about four or five of us <laughs> pissing ourselves laughing. <laughs> I got suspended for five days. <laughs> understood. Five days. You made one of the teachers think he was a nunce. Yeah. But I, I didn't really understand it back then. It was like, it was just, it was like, yeah, let's just like, you know, but I don't understand why he was so paranoid if he didn't do that. <laughs> There's a chance he That's was doing something. That's the thing something. that I was thinking to myself a bit after. So yeah, yeah I've been suspended for that. I've been suspended for um, selling, um, you know, like um, discounted energy drinks to the PE teachers. To, to the, the PE teachers. Yeah, yeah, they used to buy crates off me. What? They, they, there was like this was way before Red Bull and that was out. There was like this, this energy drink that was out, and we used to get it from like Wembley Market and stuff. Right. Um, and it used to be like knockoff stuff and like cheap as anything. Used to sell it to the teachers. Why double the price? Well, because they liked it. What? So, but yeah. they're adults. Couldn't they have just got it? No, because their teachers were teachers. Like, I don't ask me why, but they used to just buy it. That's wow. So weird. Because it weren't available. It weren't like you could go into a shop and buy Red Bull now. Yeah. So it isn't like that. Yeah. Like it was very unheard of at the time. Yeah. It was kind of like... And you got suspended for that? Yeah, I got suspended. Surely they should be suspended for that. I no? don't know. what. Well, one of them's now not a PE teacher. I know he's an English teacher. Right. Ironically. Don't know why. Maybe. <laughs> don't know. But yeah. That was, they, 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 listen, things that used to happen back in the day in school... They sound weird because they wouldn't happen now. Mm. You just wouldn't get away with it. One of my brothers got suspended from school because he used to bunk all his lessons with the caretaker in his office and they used to smoke cigarettes. And then they um, they started um, a school, um, you know, like protest. They yeah. sat there one day and went, oh, we're not happy with all our lessons. Let's create um, a strike. Like, let's... And they're like, what do you mean? And so they sat in the caretaker's office and they made loads of placards on like the sticks and everything. And they went around the school saying they're protesting and going on strike and they got the whole school to join them. My word. <laughs> so you wonder where I got it from. Yeah, that, yeah. that doesn't happen these days. Yeah, it don't happen. No. I, I, I thought my school was like dubbed like the rough one in Norwich and none of that shit happened. Where did you go? By Jax. Yeah. Was it the rough one? I, well, I, I went to Hewitt. Some guy got stabbed with a pencil and I got kicked out for a few days for putting hot glue from a hot glue gun on Westie. My sister threw a chair at a teacher 
Oh, we've had that before. There's been I know about like you that. and throwing chairs. They, they don't she didn't ask first. <laughs> no, 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 she didn't ask. <laughs> she just did it. Most definitely didn't. But they, no, there was just like, they were just normal things. Mm. There was we had we had a girl that came to the school um, from America, and she'd um, she'd moved over to here. It was a permanent where she was over here, and she was from like the Bronx area of uh, of America. So mm-hmm. she was a rough girl. She knew how to handle herself, but she was so funny. And always like in with the jokes, but all she ever wanted to do in lessons was sleep. <laughs> like, I mean, she just constantly just couldn't like didn't want to be there, but yeah. just sleep. So one day we tied her shoelaces to the chair, and then we whacked a ruler on the table. So she got up because instantly we know that when someone does something, she'll go for them. So she woke up. And she's like mm, gone, whoo, flying right across the classroom. <laughs> Quite trouble for that as well. <laughs> How was she after that? Well, once she, she broke her laces, we she were gone. Her neck. We were gone. We were gone way after that. So, so. what? What did you do? What did you do after school? Um, straight after school, mm. I went and visited uh, the Queen's house. What? Uh, the Queen's house. Um, I went and stayed in one of her luxury palaces for a while. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. What are you on about? What? I went and stayed in one of the Queen's luxury this is, palaces. This is, why? Because that's what you normally do when you go to prison. <laughs> Come on. I'm trying to say it a nice way and you two are there like, huh? We're, too, we're, we're, too we're just going, oh, he's like, good friends with the Queen, is he? <laughs> like, yeah, I just went and stayed in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> that's how we just, were both. Just chilling with William and Harry and that. Do you know what I mean? It was like... I think we're stupid. Would yeah. thou mind if I dashed to thy chair? Yeah, because that's why it's called HMP. Oh, Her Majesty's, Her Majesty's Prison. prison. Come right. On. See, I'm so far removed from that life. I don't understand. I'm just a little sheltered kid from Norwich. Like, what did you do wrong? Can I ask that? It was just getting into too much trouble and fighting mm. from when I left school. How long? How long was you in there for? Two years. What was that like? Um, Is it like the movies? No, it's nothing like that. You don't, you know, get taken down to the potting shed or the showers and stuff like that. Yeah. The only thing that normally happens in the showers is that's where you have your fights. Really? Yeah, because that's where there's no cameras. But none of the sex stuff. No, none of that what, stuff no. happens. What age was this? Uh, 17, I went down. 17 through to yeah, 19. So I think that's the same age when my dad went to prison. So were you so still been... as an adult rather than... No, so I started out juvie. in young offenders prisons to start with. And then once I turned 18, um, then I got moved to an adult one. You're not meant to go to your 21. Okay. And you went early? Uh, well, yeah, because probably because I caused too many problems in the young offenders one. Oh, did you? Yeah. Fuck. So you, it, listen, inside you it's you've got to eat or be eaten. Yeah. I was then gonna literally it's, say that same phrase. Yeah. It is that ruthless. It's that simple. And the first one I went to was Feltham. And in terms of young offenders prisons, that is the most ruthless. Like, is, is that like that film? Have you seen the film? Um I'm Ray Winston when he's younger. I'm the daddy now. What's that? Yeah, well the thing is is with there is that it's very postcode orientated. A lot of it. So if you're an outsider, you're not from the right postcode, get put on a certain wing that you shouldn't get put on. It becomes very... Hostile. Yeah. So, you know, I had a fight on my first day in there. Fucking hell. Yeah. Because See, you, you have to, because back then, like, I know prisons have changed now, but back then you used to, if you wanted to use the telephone in prison, you had phone cards and you used to have credit on them and stuff like that. And anybody could use them. Um, the system's changed now. But what would happen is on your first day in there, people would come up to you and try and be like, let's find out, you know, whether they're going to be a walkover because we will take everything off them or not. So you're on association and someone comes up to you and asks for your phone card, tell them to fuck off. 
Shit. And the thing is with prison, even if you got beaten up, no one will come near you again because they know you're not just going to take it laying down. Really? Yeah. They're like, no, 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 it's too much trouble. It's They're not going to take it laying down. And and they, they what they do is they go through each new person until they find the one that they that they get everything they want. And once they've got your phone card, then they'll go after your canteen. They'll go after your tobacco. They'll go after your shower, toiletries, this, that, the other. And it's in a way, it's kind of like what you see now with these gangs and they say about the olders, you know, giving all these nice things to the youngsters to get them in and now all of a sudden you're in their debt. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. You're stuck for life now because they've given you something, you're theirs. Is that true? That- and that kind of thing happens as well because they can say, you know what, I know you need some tobacco and that. I'll give you a half ounce of Golden Virginia and then you sort me out a, you know, canteen at the weekend. You're like, oh yeah, you're clucking for a... Mm. They used to call it a burn inside. That's what it was known as. And and then all of a sudden, that half ounce they give you, you've now got to give an ounce back. Everything's uh, double bubble. Right. So everything is doubled. How so, uh, were, were you were you scared when you got sentenced, or were you just like young, sort of? You didn't really um, think about it. It was weird when when it happened because I kind of didn't believe it. Yeah. And kind of like, yeah, right. And then I remember getting put in the the van and it's called a sweat box and um yeah you're in that and it still don't kind of hit home and then got there you go through the whole picture process doing everything and it still don't hit home and then the door shuts behind you and you're in the cell and then you're like ah okay and then that's where my mind was working out the sentence and I'm going and I'm trying to work out how long I've got left what day will I get released what and it just becomes like this mental torture in your mind that you have to overcome if you want to survive. So you were sentenced to two years. Mm-hmm. Did you do the full sentence? Or did no, you do- I've done just over a year with some extra days. Right. Um, so I've got extra days for various things, fighting and... What's the... What's the, fir- what's the as, as I just alluded to, my dad's been in, inside and mm. I, I think he was inside for three or four years and we asked him this question. We got a really interesting answer. So I'm just seeing if it's yours or similar. What's the first night like in prison? Sleepless. Yeah. Don't sleep. Thinking that your door's going to open. You do think of what you've seen on television. You do think of the things that like your door's going to open. A load of boys are going to come in because the screws have just opened the door and you're going to get roughed up. They're going to take what they want off you, bend you over the bunk beds or whatever it might be. Mm. All these thoughts, there's a million thoughts in your mind. Of course. And yeah, it was just weird. And it was just, and then you also evaluating what you've done to, be in this situation where did it go so wrong because you have nothing but time you you must have like newspapers and that in there but are, are you very conscious that you don't have newspapers no, not when i was in there um you didn't have newspapers you, you're talking over 20 years ago now yeah completely changed my life around yeah and it's like i learned my lesson yeah like but back then you used to have uh when you went in there you had a bible that's all you had mm that was it. And then you could go to the library and you could, you know, get out books like a normal library and stuff like that. But yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't much else that they used to do. And it was, you know, Feltham, like I said, was just, just weird. It was just rough. And what was the worst thing you ever saw in there? Uh, someone hung themselves. Shit. Yeah. And you saw that? Yeah. yeah. We still through cell door. Door was open, saw everything. And he'd, he'd hung himself from uh, one of the railings. What what happened was, was that um, at this time we was in Bedford um, 
And um, there was a lot of inmates that go into prison that were, um, you know, like heroin addicts and stuff, and they were going cold turkey. Now inside, uh, there were some prisons that used to give a drug called Subatex, which was like a substitute for heroin and stop their cold turkey. Bedford completely stopped it. And they were like, you've got to go cold turkey. You, you're not having no drugs, no nothing. So there was one guy in his cell and um, he was dormed up with another guy. And we knew who the other guy was. And he was constantly, he was like, I'm getting no sleep. This guy is off his rocker. And he goes, I'm trying to stay awake and like keep an eye on him. He goes, he's not a bad person. He just can't handle like the come down and stuff. So a couple of days passed and then um, we was on association and um, all the alarms started going. And in there, we, you know, when the alarms start going, everyone moves back, goes against the wall because all the screws from the other landings are going to come flying through. And at first you think, is it a fight? What's going on? Is it in the showers or whatever it might be? And then, um, yeah, they literally went straight to his cell and um, opened the door and we were all there like looking in. And they used to have a window. Uh, it was like a little square, like little, little window just at the top, had its bars on it. Um, and right at the bottom, there was a pipe, which was the heating. And what he'd done is he'd ripped his sheets up to, to make the noose and everything. And then he, had, he was sitting on the pipe. And then he just literally dropped himself off the pipe. So how he was positioned, he was kind of sitting about this far off the floor and just kind of there and his legs up on a chair. Well, and just And the boy that was looking after him for a couple of days had fell asleep. He was so tired and so like worn out from trying to keep him or stay awake. He'd fell asleep. And in those minutes that he'd fell asleep, yeah, he'd hung himself. How do you, how do you get over something like that? Seeing something like that? It's, it's, it's something like that, that, yeah, it's, that's an image that I'll always have in my mind. Mm. I'll always have that image in my mind. It's, yeah. it's always there. You know, I've seen, I've seen someone stabbed in prison. I've seen, you know, some of the most, like maddest stuff that you can see whilst inside. And it's just, like I said, it's dog eat dog in there. But that one was tough because he wasn't a bad person and he was in there for the most pathetic thing. It's like shoplifting, mm. going around and robbing just to try and feed his habit. Yeah. And yes, it's wrong. Yes, you you mm. wish that it wasn't like that, but you don't know what, did he so, deserve has, to die? What's happened to that guy to lead him to do drugs in the first exactly. place? Yeah. You know, you've got people in there that are in for murders and stuff and... This is the thing. People were, there were people mixed up. You know, we was at a prison called Holsley Bay, which is in Norfolk, ironically. Right. Yeah. Um, as you don't know about it, no. in Norfolk, <laughs> but it was Holsley Bay. And um, when the new prisoners used to come in, they used to walk towards where our landing was. And then what you do is you can always hear by where the cell door shuts, what side of the prison they're on. So we heard this door shut above us just to the left and we knew that the new boy was there. So one of us shouts out the window, new boy, new boy trying to get him to come to the window and he's like, you know, come along and everything. And I remember and they were, they were from Liverpool and um, we were like, we been, what are you in here for? What's happening? This, that and the other. And um, he was like, oh, I'm, I'm in here with my, um, my brother and, and my dad. And we were like, oh, what have you done? And he was like, oh, I killed our mum. What? Just like killed our mum. What? Basically the story behind it was that the mum used to beat the boys up um, like, like literally torture and beat them, um, the father, everything. And then they, they'd had enough father come up with a plan. Let's make it look like a burglary killer. And then we can live happily ever after. So they beat her with a hammer. Fuck me. Killed her, but left 
like completely botched it. Yeah. And, yeah. Fuck Done. hell. Done. I wasn't expecting that. No, no. Now, having been there and seen things like that and, mm. and as you say, learnt from it, it was 20 years ago and whatnot, does mm. that, does that, um, have you taken a lot of lessons from that to help raise your children in a completely different way? Because my oh, dad has massively. always brought me up with so many great morals and the reason why I've never been in any serious travel is because of what he's instilled in me and I was yeah. wondering if that's similar to you. It's, and, the, it's the same thing mm. and it's, you know, I only have to look at my oldest boy as, as a guidance to the way that he goes and you know he's a good boy mm. keeps himself to himself keeps out of trouble works hard mm -hmm. and um I, I suppose the advantage of experiencing what i have is that i can always give him an a, uh, like an actual like lesson like i've been there and done it because a lot of these youngsters now they're so reckless they're like they don't care about their own life so they're not going to care about yours which is why you see so many problems with knife crime now mm -hmm. and a lot of them don't have somebody that can give them advice of being there. They're not going to take advice from you if you've never been there. Mm. You know, one of them could sit in front of you now and they'll just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as they walk out the door, they'll be like, dickhead. Because they'll be like, you've never been to prison. You don't understand it. You don't understand what it's like to grow up and be in the situation we're in. Mm -hmm. But yet with my kids, I can say to them, you don't want to go down that path. Yeah. That's that's not the path you need to be going down. And you can hear them stories that you just say, and then that's enough to put you off for, and for life, it. isn't it? Yeah. So you get out of prison, you're doing jobs. Yeah, so talk well, us through that. I've DJing? Uh, no, that hadn't started yet. Um, I got out and there was a friend of the family um, who worked at a um, window company that manufactured windows. Right. And um, he was like, I've got you a job sorted out. Let's get you on the straight and narrow and everything else. And, you know, he goes, the two brothers. The two brothers were, what's the word? They weren't like the most like normal type bosses. They they dabbled theirself in things when they were younger. So they weren't really looking at my my history. And yeah, going, yeah. No. Yeah. Like you've got to be whiter than white. They weren't squeaky clean. Yeah. No. So got an opportunity, did that. Um, and this guy was a DJ. So we used to be there and it was like the evening shift. And we used to like the music, like all the bosses have gone home. So we we're in the factory. Music used to be blasted. And um, I had quite a bit of a knowledge with the music and stuff like that. So we got chatting and then he was like, why don't you come down to one of our events and everything and like, come and see what it's like in the DJ booth. And so I was like, yeah, all right, go down, got involved. Um, what kind of music? R&B. Oh, 90s R&B. Yeah. Well, what, 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 give us some songs from that time that we would uh, know. Tony Braxton, you're making me high. Um, <laughs> like you were, like this is like the old school R and B seven oh two to um, TLC, and you know I even had an argument with a DJ once in a club over TLC because <laughs> he was he was doing a competition in a club, and he turned around and I remember it was when Sweet Like Chocolate Boy had first come out, yeah, um, and he was offering it on twelve inch vinyl, and he said whoever can tell me what TLC stands for, I'm going to give you this twelve inch vinyl. So I just, I never thought nothing of it. I just leave it, yeah, let someone win it or whatever. And then he went on the mic and he said, congratulations. Um, they've just said that, you know, it's correct. Tender, loving, care. What? 
It's like, no, it ain't. So I've gone up to the, I said, why are you get? Give me that. I said, it ain't TLC. TLC doesn't stand for tender, loving care. And he's like, yes, it does. I said, no, it doesn't. It's their names and their nicknames. T-Boz, Left Eye and Chili. Oh. I said, so no, it isn't. I would have said tender, loving care. Yeah, <laughs> no. That's what it stands for. Like uh, Left Eye, Lisa, Le- Left Eye Lopez is a real name. Right. And she's the one that died. Oh, okay. Um, but that's what TLC stands for. T-Boz, Left Eye and Chili. Left Eye because she had the little... Um, it was like what the what they do in American football where they put that line you oh know, yeah line. a bit of paint so yeah. she had a bit of paint under her eye and yeah, yeah that was their real name so I <laughs> took the vinyl off the person at one I'm having that <laughs> that's mine <laughs> I said nah sorry if you're going to do the competition do it properly <laughs> I'm having that I've won that I love that nah. have you still got it yeah I have <laughs> I've got like vinyl wise I've got Probably 15,000 plus. Fucking hell. Yeah. I don't even have the room for that. It's at my mum and dad's house in the loft. Jesus. And they've had, my dad had to actually um, like redo the flooring in the loft to take the weight of all the vinyl up there. Fuck me. So we go from seven inch vinyl up to 12 inch vinyl. They've, they've come back around again now as well. Yeah, Everyone's loving it. But so. it's, it's, it, it's a lot easier now yeah. than back then because you were lugging around you know, two record boxes, go into the clubs and yeah. everything else. And you kind of had to pre-plan your set. Now you can take your MacBook. This is it. This is it's, this is our ignorant question there. of the day. Do you not just press play? No, you still have to mix. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm from an old school. This is why I still get now when people say to me, oh yeah, if you went on vinyl, I was like, shut up. I've still got a pair of Technics 1210s at my mum and dad's house. I could still go on there. You could mix a bag of cement. Don't try and talk about DJ. And I come from the era when we could DJ. What What does that entail then? For someone like me, who I understand nothing about it, well, like, what kind of stuff are you trying to do? Because my sister's just bought some decks. and I It watch depends her what and... you play on now. Right. Like, when I first started, I had a pair of SoundLab DPLs and they were belt driven. Mm. What that basically means is that the plate is driven by a belt. So when you see a DJ going like this and spinning the record forward. They're doing it because they're trying to keep it actually in beat because you have to, because it, if you just left it, it will go out. It'll drop out of, once you pull it in, it'll go out. When you move to Technics, they're direct drive. So there's no belt, which means it's very minimal. You have to keep it in. And what you'll see in the middle is you just give it a little tweak every now and then. Yeah. So when everyone sits there and thinks, oh, DJ's sitting there going like this all the time. There is a reason actually behind it. Is there? I thought yeah. it was just to look cool. Like well, now, button, like... now, now they're on their new systems. Mm. You see people with all their little sound effects and they're like, mm, all this with the bass. And <laughs> oh, Don't get me wrong, I've done it as well. Right? Like, <laughs> but, it's like, but yeah, you've got like your little touch pads with your, you can like echo things to like, there's, there's just all mad kinds of stuff that you can do now. What's your DJ name? DT. Oh, is that originally where it came from then? Yeah. That's okay. where it originally started from. It must be it must be based yeah. on your name then. DT mm. must be. So that's where it. it started from. It started. I've had, I had the nickname from when I was about 13, 14. Because of Daniel Turner, obviously. Uh, who knows? But, um, <laughs> they, um, yeah, so that's where, that's where it originates from, really. Mm. That, that side of things. But What's the biggest event you've DJed at? <sighs> Jesus, I've done a lot. I've done an event with Snoop Dogg. Did you? Um, in Brighton. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I know you're sitting there like, oh, what was that for? What? Um, he was DJing in a club, in the club that I was in, in Brighton. Um, and it was... Um, Did he have a Brighton shirt on? Because he's been no, known like, to wear... I'll tell you something, his rider was ridiculous. Oh, and, go on, tell like, us. It had everything from 
all the kind of sweets in specific bowls. Like it had to be uh, water had to be, um, you know, you get like the the vitamin water now yeah. and stuff like that. All that kind of had to be specific, specific flavors. Um, uh, Ciroc was, had to be like every flavor was specific. When he landed, um, he had to be picked up in two uh, them Mercedes Vito vans, one for him and the rest for his entourage. Like it, it was mad. Fucking it was up. mad, and he wouldn't perform. Like there was a price for DJing mm -hmm. for two hours, and then there was a price for him going on the mic and performing a song. That was astronomical, like beyond. So he basically DJed for two hours, never mixed once, just okay. plays a song, and then at the end of it, gets on the mic, lights a spliff, and there's nothing security can do. You know, security, you're not going to go and tell Snoop Dogg pull it out. Yeah. Sorry, we don't allow smoking in buildings in England. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Have you seen the size of his entourage? Like, they went to kick me out of the DJ booth, and the owner had to say, "No, he's actually the DJ as well." And they were like, "All right, yeah, you're all right then." stand at the back Snoop, how, was a, Snoop was cool how many people does he have with him a lot a lot his security alone just ridiculous you've got to think it's Snoop Dogg man yeah like, but, but like here, here, here's my little like nerdy question how is he allowed to like a joint like I don't get it because like, he's Snoop Dogg but why do the police not come <laughs> Probably because they're scared of his entourage too. Yeah. <laughs> or they like might a... like Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, when he when he goes on and when he drops gin and juice, yeah. like the place went ridiculous. He's there and the intro part of it is like you can hear him pour, pour, pouring the liquor and then he literally takes the biggest toke and then the tune drops and then it's just, the place goes mad. Wow. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And did you get did you get to speak to him that night then? Yeah, or? yeah. What was what yeah. was it like? What did you speak he about? He was right. I was like, "How you doing? You all right?" It's like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, but the thing is, it's like I grew up in an era where Snoop Dogg, like, and from Dr. Dre with N.W.A. and stuff like that. It was like I was very into my urban music back then. So it, it, I don't know. I don't know whether because I've met so many artists and stuff like that as well, and I've been involved in music. It just kind of like. I don't get starstruck in a sense. Like I'm standing there like, oh, Snoop Dogg. I'm just like, all right. Yeah. All right. And yeah. he's just sitting there like, and then like he's passing his blunt round. Like, I'm just, nah, yeah. oh, my doctor will go mad. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'd be going in to get my check and that, and they're like traces of that. And they'd be like, Jesus Christ, what's chronic? It's like, nah. But, but if you'd have said to your doctor, it's Snoop Dogg, pass it to me, it'd probably go fair enough. Yeah, like, yeah. maybe, maybe we pass it around. I'll, 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 yeah, maybe. But no, it's just, yeah, like, like I said, I've done random stuff in music. I, I've, watched, I've watched Michael Jackson on tour. Wow. At Wembley on his bad tour. Um, mid 80s I've seen Whitney Houston live because uh, my dad has got a massive thing for Whitney Houston loved yeah. her and uh, we got him tickets um, went to watch watch her been to see Lighthouse Family live Eminem at, um, MK Bowl that was yeah that went, um, that went too long ago what 8 years ago something like that it was that? a bit longer than that was it yeah it was about probably about 20 odd years ago now. oh right it's not yeah, the one I'm no it wasn't the most recent one it was right. a, a, one of the first ones and I remember that we got there and I remember pushing my way to the front of the stage and his warm-up act was Cypress Hill. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, mate, yeah. I don't even care about Eminem now, Cypress yeah. Hill. <laughs> yeah. When they done Insane in the Membrane, that was yeah. it. Everyone mosh pits and <laughs> Class. just absolute crazy. I saw Eminem a couple of years ago and uh, Dr. Dre came out and mm. they did California Love and it was just, it was fucking... It's mad. Yeah.
It's crazy. It's just, you know, and even that kind of stuff, I pass it down. Like my kids, they, they love music. My oldest boy, he went to go and watch Post Malone in yeah. Amsterdam. Yeah, I love Post Went over there to go and see him. Yeah. And he it just loves that kind of stuff. And it's through music and stuff that we've been brought up on. But yeah, Snoop Dogg's probably the, the, the big one there. But in terms of capacity-wise and clubs, I've played in Ibiza to Magaluf to Kos in Greece and... Yeah, there's there's been some mads, and then in this country, I was doing all the Liquid and Envies and Oceana, and all those kind of clubs, and you know, you get two and a half, three thousand people in there on them ones, and so you you have had quite a life, haven't you? Yeah, like, this is what people don't see. No, I know you as DT, the angry guy from AFTV. Yeah, people but, don't see it. Yeah, it's mad. It. We've got we've almost got an hour into this podcast. We haven't even really spoken about AFTV. We haven't like, at all yet. Yeah, I know. It's it is That's mad. That's a good thing. I, it's kind of like it's kind of like the reason why when I banter people online now, it's just I you ha- you have to take them for face value because you can't you don't know what people have done mm-hmm. and been up to and yeah. and stuff like that. There we go, guys. Hope you enjoyed part one of the Bumper Long DT episode. Make sure you come back on Monday when we'll be releasing part two, which, as I said, is full of AFTV stories. See you then. I don't need to do the tune. Jack Mates Happy Hour. Jack Mates Happy Hour is a stack production. 